0: you're listening to the enoughness revolution a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential i'm your host enoughness coach and women's leadership mentor megan hale join me every monday and thursday as i talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true live brave and become our biggest champion along the way it's time to revolutionize the way you live love work and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. Happy Monday, everyone. I have such an amazing guest for you today. But before I introduce you to the lovely Amy Smith, I do want to point everyone in the direction of the Fierce Women Masterclass because one of our lovely co-creators, Carrie Ann Livingstone, is going to be guiding everyone through some extra exercises this week in our accompanying Facebook group. If you're new here and you don't know anything about the Fierce Women Masterclass, this is a beautiful co-creation between me and seven other coaches to help you step up into your leadership and create soulful, sustainable success on your own terms. So definitely go and check that out at fearsuninmasterclass.com. Today, I'm speaking to Amy Smith, who is a certified confidence coach, masterful speaker, and personal empowerment expert. She's the founder of thejoyjunkie.com, and Amy uses her roles as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. With a cute focus on helping people find their voice, she is highly sought after for her uncommon style of irreverence, wisdom, and humor, and has been a featured expert on Fox 5 San Diego and yourtango.com. If you have not been to this girl's website, you've got to go to thejoyjunkie.com because it is phenomenal. It is bright. It is inviting. It is so authentically her. And there's nothing I admire more than a woman who knows who she is and puts herself out there. So definitely go and check that out. ThejoyJunkie.com. We have a phenomenal conversation. Without further ado, here is Amy. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everybody. I am so thrilled to have my next guest with me here today. I'm interviewing Amy Smith, who, if you have not visited her website online, is thejoyjunkie.com. Is that right, Amy? Yes, it is. Um, You need to go there because it has such a beautiful, bright energy to it. Go and check that out. We're getting ready to have a phenomenal conversation. So, Amy, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yes, yes. So we are talking about enoughness. We're talking about standing up in your power and becoming the leader of your own life and making your dreams come true. So let's start with how has enoughness showed up for you in your life?
1: Oh, wow. I think... I think truly the the floodgates really opened when I even learned that that all of that was my my call, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, a lot of times in 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 my work when I talk about uh, worthiness or enoughness, we have these these opposing paradigms. We have this paradigm that we grew that many of us grew up under, or have been influenced via society that says strive 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 attain accomplish check off the boxes and so we we're in this uh chase for worth mm-hmm. that we all kind of dictate right and so we're saying okay well as soon as I get this degree then I'll be happy or then I'll be worthy I think they're really synonymous in our mm-hmm. minds we don't realize that we're saying, like then then I'll be valuable, then I'll be worthy, then I'll be happy. It's all kind of collapsed together. And then you get the degree. And then we go, ah, so that's not enough. And then we change the barometer of success. And then we go, okay, no, now I've got to get this other degree, or then I got to get this job, or then I got to get this husband or this baby or whatever. So I really was in that same rat race, right? That Mm -hmm. same strive, strive, strive. And then you might be temporarily happy for a second and then you've got to create something new to strive for because that's all we know whether it's you know like I said from society or from parents or however was taught to you and so I think for me when I when I started really learning about personal power and personal development and growth probably about 10 plus years or so ago That's when I kind of went, wait, 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 what? This is, I get to call the shots? And so then it's moved into this new paradigm of I am innately worthy. Like we are all inherently worthy. There's nothing, I mean, even if you look at the dictionary definition of self-worth, it is one's own set of criteria
0: of
1: what makes them valuable. So that means like, We decide, we call the shots. It's not, so I think for me, I have, when I realized that and kind of adopted that as my new truth, now everything else in my life is ancillary. It's like, if I also get to have this incredible relationship with my husband, amazing. It doesn't make me valuable. It just makes me fulfilled. Or if I get this phenomenal career, it's an addition. It's fantastic. Or if I receive criticisms, it hurts, it sucks. But it doesn't have to change my value as a human. Yes. Um, and that's just a belief structure to operate under. It's not, um, I don't know, it's kind of like an umbrella over which how I manage my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you were especially highlighting that if somebody, we receive criticism from somebody, that doesn't dictate our work. It doesn't dictate our value.
1: <laughs> right, right. We
0: can still be solid in our enoughness in spite of those things.
1: I have a, a really great metaphor for it, um, if you don't mind me sharing. Of course, please. So I like to think of of myself or clients or anybody listening as a house, okay? So that's you, and you have all these different rooms. Some of them might be messy, some are pristine, some are whatever, but this is you. Now, you have people who are going to come up to your house, and they're going to be like, here is a pile of shit, and they leave a pile of shit On your front porch. Now you—that's like receiving uh, opposition, criticism, acrimony, rejection—and we take that and we take it into our house and we allow it to affect the structure of our house. Mm -hmm. I always like to say, "I'm currently not accepting any piles of shit." (laughs) But, But what we don't realize is, does it? It's going to stink. It's going to smell bad. It's going to hurt. But it's our call if we adopt it as our truth. It doesn't have to change or alter the structure of the house. Conversely, you're going to have people who leave a beautiful gift on your porch of your house. And that also does not dictate the value of the home. And it's also your choice if you want to bring it into your house or not. So when we start looking at things being... Additions or subtractions, or euphoric or painful—they're just circumstance and situation. They don't have any real merit or or bearing on our personal value. So it's kind of untangling that collapse. Yes. Because we think, well, if they love me, I must be worthy. If they hate me, I must not be worthy or not enough. Right, And it's changing all of that and saying, well, if they don't love me, that just fucking sucks. Yeah. Or if they love me, that's awesome. But it doesn't have any merit on my value.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's a much more um, solid place to live from. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when we are basing our worth or our value on things that are outside of ourselves that are always changing, they're always in flux. That's yes. when I've noticed I've been on like the highs and lows of like a very emotional roller coaster. And defining it in the sense of, the metaphor you're giving of the house yeah this is solid yeah the house isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. it yeah. might rain it might be sunny one day we might have people stop by we might not have any visitors for a long time but the house remains the same and right. i think when we see ourselves as that it creates a lot more emotional stability for us right which right. i don't know for you i know for me <laughs> having some like stability has been life-changing Instead of always feeling like I'm like in the throes in the wind,
1: I'm just right. allowing life to happen to me. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, and it's everything outside of us is a variable. You know, the only constant we know is, or, or the, really the only constant we have control over is ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we get stuck in this rat race of trying to force specific responses from other people or thinking that we're responsible for them viewing us a specific way so one of the things that i i, I teach all the time in my work is that we're responsible for our intention not our reception because how we are received you know you might speak your truth stand up for yourself and one person thinks that's phenomenal one person starts hurling guilt at you and making you wrong and somebody else is ambivalent like we can't control that reception we can control our intent so if your intent is shitty and your intent is one of malice and you're trying to hurt somebody, then you probably should feel bad about that. You're being a dick, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but if you're not, if you're, you know, let's say telling your, your mom that you don't want to go to church with her, that you don't believe in the same religion that you grew up from, grew up with, which is very much my reality. I can, you know, look at that from like, what is my intention? My intention is one of kindness. Like I absolutely always want to handle myself with kindness and grace, one of assertiveness. Um, one of re- mutual respect for, for my mother as well yeah. and one of self-care that's my intention and that's what I'm responsible for not how she receives it yeah. and that doesn't mean that it's not going to have emotion right like it might, if she casts blame on me or ridicule or guilt that doesn't mean that doesn't have an emotional impact I'm going to feel that mm-hmm. But it does not mean for one second that it's my responsibility um, to make her see me in a specific way or make her happier, you know, so.
0: Right. No, and I love that because I think, I mean, one of the things that I kind of talk about, especially when I'm working with clients on relationship well-being, is that we can't make anybody feel a certain way. All we can do is create a container for the best of both people. That's all we yes. can do. And so the way we create that container is we show up as our kindest selves, our mm-hmm. most, most deliberate selves, our most intentional selves, being really mindful of how we're showing up in this container and yes. trying to show up with as much love as possible. But even when you do that, you know, if the other person in that container with you is unhealthy and they're right. not able to take responsibility for their own emotions.
1: That's exactly right. You,
0: you can't do anything. You're, you can't do their own
1: work for them. That's right. That's right. And we, we spin our wheels buying into this fallacy that there's something else I could have said, yeah. or there's something else I could have done. And that negates that there's another player in this yes. race. So, you know, I always say like there, it takes, they say it takes two to tango for a very specific reason. So you could search out the dance studio. You could find the perfect tango instructor. You could buy both of you. Perfect dance shoes show up to your lesson to learn to tango, and that other person refuses to dance. Yeah, it does not matter (laughs) how emphatic you are, you have to be met with another element of responsibility. So I think just starting to learn this, you know, and it's, again, you know, if you're listening to this and going, wait, what? It is counterintuitive. It's not what we're taught. We're taught to not rock the boat, not hurt someone's feelings, not to, to actually caretake for all the responses. And it's just not, it's not even possible.
0: No, no. And especially like, as it relates to enoughness, I mean, for a lot of um, you know my some of my clients I will say that they find a lot of enoughness by making other people happy right well it, there's nothing wrong with wanting other people to be happy nothing wrong Definitely. with that I want everybody to be happy too yeah <laughs> but I also know that it's not my responsibility to make them happy I, that's out of my league actually I have no power in that's right somebody happy so That's exactly if I'm basing right. my enoughness on if somebody's happy or not, I'm basing it on something that I have no power or control over, which is a mm-hmm. very, very dangerous space to be in
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you are defining your own self-worth.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Anything, not even just happiness. Um, let's talk about success. Yeah. Like a job, getting a raise, having a fulfilling business. These are, there's a lot of variables that go into that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So if we're basing all of our enoughness just on our ability to perform at a high level or achieve at a high level these things are not working out for us. You're going to feel less than.
1: Right. So
0: the point of the enoughness conversation is really extending it to how do we create it within?
1: Right. Right. Well, I think if you, you start creating a new baseline, you know, and I, I like to refer to it as a new definition of success, right? Mm -hmm. So we have, so i have this process that i take a lot of my clients and students through where we get the freedom to want what we want because i do think that there's something that happens and you can tell me if you notice this as well where we if we all of a sudden say okay if i adopt this belief that i'm inherently worthy as is that means i'm going to be a slacker and a lazy ass and i'm not going to go after anything because now there's nothing contingent.
0: Thanks the fear um, of being enough. What what will I do then to drive me if there's not a less than or a lack?
1: So what I what the solution to that is to know that your your goals can totally exist still, and you can continue to strive and you continue to value accomplishment, achievement, or excellence and still know that you're in pursuit of those things because they are additions to your life not because your worth is contingent on achieving those things
0: yes
1: so and that's a that's an untangling because that's all that that is it's saying these are two things my worth is different than my goal set yes so and you're allowed to want what you want so in this like little framework that i give my clients it's the first the first piece is In this first column you put, I freely give myself the permission to want the following. And that can be as grandiose as you want. Like, I want to be a size three. I want to make a partner. I want to get this book deal. I want to, you know, I do a lot of community theater. I want to get this role in this play. All these things that you want that are actually not within your control totally but I I think it's very dangerous to tell ourselves you're not allowed to want what you want. Like that's not realistic or don't get your hopes up. Like you're allowed to feel the way you feel. That's different though than what your responsibility is. So then in the second column, as it relates to this thing that I want, this could even be a conversation, like a challenging conversation with a spouse. Like I want him to see it my way. Right. (laughs) Or I want her to see it my way. Uh, So you, Regardless of the outcome, my new definition of success as it relates to this issue is the following. And those things have to be 100% within your power. So instead of what we usually do, which is this will be successful as long as he sees it my way, this will be successful as long as I land this job, as long as I get this role, as long as I lose all this weight. Now you say, okay, no, the new definition is If I handle myself with grace and kindness, if I prepare, if I adequately express my wants and needs in in a kind way to my spouse, and you kind of gear up based off of what will make you proud. Yes. And then in the final column, it is regardless of the outcome of this entire scenario, my self-worth is defined by. Mm. And so that gives you freedom to go, okay, no, my self-worth is already just in I just have it. It's defined by my tenacity, my my fervor, my zeal, my kindness, my compassion, you know, all of your kind of virtues. Because there are times when you don't handle yourself with grace. You don't handle yourself kindly in a conversation. You don't prepare prepare adequately for a speaking engagement or for an entrepreneurial endeavor. And so then we beat ourselves up and go, you didn't even do it right on you your <laughs> own set of success you know like you do of your so true though but what that what that t- that third column takes out or takes into consideration is that this is an isolated circumstance this is one situation so what we do is we go i failed at this conversation this interview this whatever that must mean amy sucks and it's like, no, that means that situation sucks. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean Amy sucks. Mm-hmm. Or you. maybe you fucked up, but you're not a fuck up. They're so a distinction. Yes. It's taking it into like, it's just a circumstance. It's one isolated incident. It doesn't have to be this massive conclusion about your worth.
0: Or who you are. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. I think that's a really, really important distinction because I think sometimes we have a tendency to define ourselves Mm -hmm. by, like, what we did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. And, like, your actions, they're a reflection of that mental or emotional state that you were in at that time, which is always in flux, by the way. That's why we can never be perfect. (laughs) And we're, we're trying to base, you know, our, our enoughness on having to be perfect all of the time. Right. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get very far with that.
1: <laughs> no, no. And so that's, you know, I think something that really warrants repeating is, and it's something that a muscle that I think many of us need to flex m- more consistently is all of these circumstances, whether it is an adversarial conversation with a spouse or in-laws or it was workplace scenarios or whatever. It doesn't mean they're without feeling or emotion, you know? So it does, we're not saying that valuing your self-worth all of a sudden, if you get passed over for a job interview, that's not going to hurt.
0: Right.
1: It's saying, okay, I can cry my eyes out and be really upset. I had a situation like that with, um, with a a community theater role I did. I got passed over for, and I really thought it was in the bag. And I, I prepared, I did everything within my power, all of that stuff. And I remember the next day, like I just was mourning. I was just bummed out that I didn't get what I wanted. But I was really clear that I'm sad and bummed out because there was something I wanted. I didn't get not Amy sucks, I'll never be able to act again, I'm unworthy, I'm a horrible person, I'm not talented. Tell- not these grand conclusions, just, this didn't go my way, Mwah. I need to feel it. Yeah, grieve it. That's
0: it. Be sad about it. And I think sometimes we put this pressure on ourselves that we're not allowed to like be upset about stuff or it's too childish. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be bothering me The ho- as much as much as it's bothering me. And so we start judging our like emotional experience of it instead of giving ourselves permission to just be upset. It's okay to be upset.
1: And you're far more resilient if you actually feel what you feel. Yeah. Instead of, what what do we do? I mean, even in personal development, we try to self-talk our way out of it and don't feel that, don't feel what you feel, just think positive and (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) sky's the limit. And, you know, we get all these like mantras and stuff and I'm like, no, no, no. Sometimes you just need to be in the emotion. I mean, think about when somebody starts crying, what do we do in our culture? We immediately tell them, stop.
0: Don't cry. Don't cry. crying. It's okay. Here's
1: a tissue. I'm uncomfortable with emotion. Don't do that emotion in front of me. So we're, we're used to bypassing what we feel, you know, and truly the only way out is through. And I think if you take those, like for instance, that's that scenario where it was this role I wanted. I did not get it. I cried my eyes out and I came out like that. Like after I just let myself feel it, you build resilience, but we spend so much time not feeling. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> or sometimes I feel like, and I don't, this is just me speaking from my experience, I get into my head about why is this bothering me. So I go into analytical mode. Totally. And it's like you don't have to understand every single minute detail of your life. And this is coming from somebody with, like, you know, huge psych background. I love analyzing situations. I love understanding the ins and outs and things and putting everything together in a puzzle, making sense of a situation. But what I have found is that when we do that to every single thing in our lives, mm-hmm. we're, we're digging deeper into something that really doesn't necessarily need to be excavated. That's exactly. It hurts, right. let it hurt. You don't need to understand why. You'll understand later, the clarity always comes. Or that's
1: what I found anyway. That's so true. And I mean, still to this day, I don't know the genesis of my perfectionism. Like, I somehow adopted this belief that I needed to be perfect really early on. I did not grow up in a family that advocated for that. I didn't have an extreme amount of pressure from my parents or school or anything. I I still don't know. But what matters is that it's here, and I need to work with it and alter it and change it. I do think it's advantageous to get to the genesis if you can. Sure. But it's not imperative for healing.
0: Oh, That is so true.
1: I mean, you can still address fear, address perfectionism, address comparison, enoughness, even if you don't know how you got to that place to begin with. And you can still stand in curiosity, like you were saying. You can still stand in curiosity and go, hmm, I still wonder where that came from. It's just a difference of focus.
0: Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about your mojo, which is joy. Yeah. And how enoughness... Inter interrelates with creating more joy in your life. What
1: are your thoughts on that? Oh, see, this is such a good one. Okay, so you know who we were talking about success earlier, mm-hmm. and how through multiple means we come up with this idea of here's what's going to make me happy. Here is here's what success looks like. And to me, being someone who's always been extremely emotional and sensitive and into feeling. For me, success is around how I feel. It's around joy. It's around happiness. And biologically, and I'm sure you know this, having a psych background, we are programmed to either pursue pleasure or avoid pain. Like it's fucking simple. So when we are chasing having the baby or buying the house or this perfect career or all that, what we're really chasing is the feel good. We're chasing an emotion. So what if our new definition of success was around what we really wanted to embody, what we wanted to feel? And one of the best places to ask yourself this particular question is, what do I think this career will give me? What do I think this project will give me? What do I think this spouse will give me from an emotional fulfillment place? We think that it's joy or happiness, right? So I think for myself, I really learned that it wasn't in that external chase. It was all already within me. And there's a there's a breadth of work to do there. There's mm-hmm. perspective. That's you know how you view the world. It's what you choose to focus on. It's how you uh, speak to yourself day in and day out. So there's a lot of conditioning elements, yeah. and that's why we do what we fucking do, right? Mm-hmm. Because. No one gets taught this in high school and, you know, or taxes or how to have, taxes order. Like, we should be taught how to speak kindly to ourselves, how to deal with taxes, how to deal with fear and, you know, how to start investing. Like that's what we should be taught. <laughs> All right. You know what I mean? But so I always say, you know, give yourself compassion because if you're going, holy shit, I haven't, I, I, this is so new to me join the club, like, unless you had this miraculous, crunchy granola, incredible family structure that taught you about all of this stuff.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Most of us are in the same boat, you know, where we're Mm -hmm. just learning how to find that joy, learning how to find that peace. So now I always look at things through uh, a lens of, will this contribute to my joy? Will this contribute to my fulfillment? Will this contribute to my happiness? Because that's success for me. And so it's not always what looks good on paper. It's not always writing the book. Mm-hmm. Like I am finally writing a book right now, but it has been pushed off for years and years and years because it wasn't mm-hmm. enveloped in joy for me. So it's making choices based off of how I want to feel rather than how I'll be received or society will perceive me or, you know, all of the other things we get
0: yeah Well, I think it's it's really like... Looking at the motive behind why you want what you want. Um, Like writing a book, for instance, it sounds really great. But like for me, it's more of like, that's to feed my ego right now. Mm -hmm. Where it is, where I am in my current life. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make sense for me to pursue this just to say, look at me. That's That's exactly right. (laughs) Until I, you know, really have that huge desire in my heart that like this has to come out of me because this is so important. I, I can't think of not doing it Then I'm yeah. not going to pursue it. But I think really learning how to discern mm-hmm. between the ego, mm-hmm. <laughs> telling you um, you know, if you had this, you would be a whole lot better. <laughs> right. right. Versus what feels good in your soul? Like what, what is your desire? What, what, what are you being called to do? Mm-hmm. when we start living from this other realm of like, what are you being called to do instead of how mm-hmm. does this serve me and what am I going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Way different fulfillment <laughs> level
1: on doing these things. Yes, truly. And, and I would also say that's a journey in and of itself. So, you know, when you look at myself or you and think, Oh, well, that must be just fucking fun. You get to talk to personal development people all day and all good for you. You made this magical business. Well, I'm stuck doing my nine to five and we go into victim mode, right? You have to know that everybody you see who is now living in, in, in a congruent way with their values or with their chasing their joy, that was a long ass process. This was not just, I quit my job and I magically made all this money. This, this is breakdown after breakdown. This is you know, a long process of dealing with my own fears, dealing with my own childhood issues. And I'm sure your story is the same. It's totally. like, it's not, it, it, I love Brendan Bouchard always says like, for every overnight success, there's a decade of struggle behind. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> it starts with that, that choice or that decision of, no, I do want to live bigger. I do want to follow what what my passion is. I want to uncover what my passion is. It doesn't mean it's going to be your job tomorrow, yeah. But it means that you're putting something new on your radar and going. I'm not going to just, you know, live to work, work to live, or whatever that whole thing is. Like I'm going to live richly, and here's my first step in doing so. And that first step might even be reading a book by Brene Brown or Mm -hmm. listening to a new set of podcasts, or you know, I love. Uh, Tony Robbins always talks about how the only way to change a belief structure is just to start questioning it. That's it. That's it. You just have to start. I mean, think about anyone who's broken free from a religious cult or something. They had to first start questioning the doctrine. It is exactly the same way. If you believe you're not enough or you can't, you can't quit your job or you're never going to fulfill your dreams or you have to start questioning that is true and just go, wait a minute. That's the first part is like picking it apart and going, Maybe, maybe this girl is onto something. Maybe I actually do have the power to do that. And, and you keep picking it apart and you start one foot in front of the other. And, um, it, that becomes the new obsession, right? That's why I call it joy junkie because now I'm addicted to joy. <laughs> Personal development, right? So well,
0: I love that you say that because, you know, I've, I've told my clients for a long time, like even when I was a therapist and really doing a lot of cognitive behavioral work, is like, you know, they really wanted to get to where they wanted to be. And I said, so let's, let's just start with maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. Maybe that could be possible. And the reason I like to start with maybe is because it doesn't make it totally true. It's just something you're considering. And maybe cracks the door. <laughs> yep. And once you have a crack in the door, a little bit of light can get in. Yep. And that's where the door really starts to expand. The more you start to consider, well, maybe maybe this isn't the way it has to be. Mm -hmm. That maybe will take you further than anything else that I know. And I think a lot of times um, people are amazed at just how powerful, very tiny, tiny little subtle shifts. Right. I mean, think about changing an I can't to an I can. Right. You're you're taking away one letter. Right. But the impact of that on your life is like totally life-changing
1: absolutely and it's funny my um my husband always says throw that in the trash can <laughs> <laughs> and i i uh, talk about this a lot with my clients because this is a this is just a focus switch so we're we're kind of programmed or taught to focus on all of our can'ts. Like, well, I can't just quit my job or I can't just file for divorce or I can't just start this business. Or, Okay, well, what if you just shifted into a focus of what you can do? Can mm-hmm. you start researching? Can you start reaching out to people who you admire and pick their brain? Can you start looking at continuing education? Can you subscribe to, you know, medical journals if you're interested in pursuing a medical field, like there's so much we can do if we actually shift focus and that really is all that we are doing. Like spoiler alert, all <laughs> this thing is, is a change in perspective or a change in focus. That's it.
0: Yeah. No, it's you, true.
1: You can do that.
0: I, I really like that shift. I've never heard of it phrased quite that way, but that's a beautiful, beautiful example of just saying what a, What can you do? Mm -hmm. And listen, I can't.
1: It's such a more empowered state, you know? (laughs) And it's when you are so acutely focused on what you can't do, you're not creative, you're a victim, you're Mm -hmm. locked into this place of paralysis because you are convinced that this is your lot in life. But you don't, you, you can't even see outside of this bubble. So if you just stand in this place of like, well, what is in my power? Okay, yeah, I can't, can't quit my job right now. I can't get a divorce. I can't do it. Okay, what can I do? Well, I can search out this support structure or I can, right? All that is is shifting what you're looking at.
0: I love that. That's it. So I want to talk to you and get your feedback on um, comparison. Ooh. How that steals our joy, because I know for me, that's like the quickest route <laughs> of like my joy just like flooding out of me.
1: Me too. Me too. And I think that's actually really worth underlining is that it's not like once you learn these tools or once you really tap into your, your spiritual self in a way that you become immune to triggers yeah. or invincible to fear or negative self-talk all it is is it's a new way to manage that so instead of going into this comparison spiral and saying that must be true that i'm an idiot and i'm never going to be as successful as so-and-so or as skinny or as happy or as beautiful that and then that becoming your truth and you get locked into that and then you feel horrible and then you keep picking yourself you know it's the vortex it's instead you go oh it's happening. Oh, my God. It's happening. I'm comparing myself. <laughs> you know, and you have this more awareness around it, and then you can go, okay, wait, how do I want to address this? This doesn't have to be true. So for myself, the thing that really helps me tremendously is saying that person's success has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. Like, we take somebody else's success, no matter what it looks like, happy marriage thinner, happier in their career, and we say, that must mean something about me. That, in conclusion, I suck, when in reality, you look at that, and it's like, they are not related. They have yeah. nothing to do with it. It's like saying, well, if I give to cancer research, then I can't give to AIDS research. It's like, they, they don't have anything to do. You could do both, right? Like, it's, they're not related. So that, for me, I have to remember that all the time. And, and then I think there's an also a place of really monitoring and managing your triggers and setting yourself up yeah. for success. So let's talk about Facebook vortex. When you get on, you're like, oh, they have a much sexier honeymoon than we ever had. And, oh, <laughs> that chick from my high school is so much skinnier, and she looks exactly like she did when she was cheerleading. And, and oh, my gosh, that person made six figures in two days while drinking alcohol all day long. like. You know, it, we go into this comparison, right? And then we do behaviors that foster that. Like, why would you, we get on Facebook and start going, oh, my gosh, and look at those vacation photos. Oh, and the, you can, that's something you can do. You can hide your Facebook feed. You can not stalk your ex and feel shitty about your current relationship status. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we can control if, you know, for instance, if you're triggered by Victoria's Secret magazines about your image, stop getting them. Yes. So like set yourself up for success with your own behavior. You know, if you are really trying to adopt a healthy mindset and the closest people in your life constantly knock you down, that's a problem. You're in choosing an environment and people around you that are not congruent with who you want to be. And so I think it's, it's a lot about, first of all, knowing that comparison is a trigger for you. And when is it a trigger? Is it around other parents? Is it, you know, when, when do you need to like gear up? Yeah. Set yourself up for success and then just constantly reminding yourself that it actually doesn't have anything to do with you. You're the only one collapsing that meaning. And so sometimes I, I will tell myself that too. I'm like, Oh, I can make that money. Just like any, I mean, It's just if I choose to, or I can write that book if I just choose to, or I could have a happier relationship if I just choose to work on it. Like it actually has nothing to do with, there's nothing, it's not a threat.
0: It's not a you
1: or I. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we can use it as inspiration Totally. of of seeing something that we want or, you know, we we lust after or we're even jealous of or, Mm -hmm. well, do you really want that? then inspire yourself to go and create that. Like you're totally capable of doing it. There's no difference between you and them except the actions that they've taken and you have not done those yet. doesn't mean that you're less than.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. It's just a numbers game. It's like when has what happened during what time of history? That's it. So, you know, in what you were talking about earlier with, um, you know, going into that, it's like just easily getting sucked into that comparison place. I think that's really common for most of us. And I also think that for me, I'm triggered much more when I'm not happy with the actions I'm taking in my own life. Totally. So I'm way more triggered around other people's success in business. If I know that I've been slacking off, I haven't been paying attention. I haven't been mapping out, you know what I want to map out I haven't been on fire. So I take that and I ask myself like what what about this do I need to push myself? What about this is so triggering? What do I need to look at because we typically just want to stand and blame. Like ah she's too fucking skinny. I bet she doesn't eat and I bet she did. you know like we want to blame instead of going you know what? You know what this is really about is I have I don't take care of myself at all and it's easier for me to make her wrong than to actually hit the mat and start doing some Pilates or actually drink a green juice or (laughs) mow on something healthy instead of this Ben and Jerry's, you know? So I think there's, we can always grow and we can always learn. And this goes back to the perspective. If I look at it through the lens of they suck, they're wrong. And that must mean that I suck and I'm wrong. Then you don't grow. You don't get to come to any conclusions. You don't get to push yourself in any way. So I try it any time I have that kickback or that emotional like oh that oh I try to check in and go oh what was that about why do I feel threatened by that person's success what's happening here and and look internal to find my answers
0: yeah it's like it's like getting curious yes why is this bothering me so much and there mm-hmm. there usually is a little bit of a morsel of wisdom there for you if, if you're willing to look but I've I've noticed the same thing like when mm-hmm. I'm not. When I'm not doing – when I'm not living in integrity to my own values and I see somebody that is, (laughs) that's when I'm like, oh, look at her. That's so great for her. Or I get into like the, what am I doing? That's like getting into the blame and shame cycle that is really not very productive at all Mm -hmm. versus saying, oh, well, she's she's walking her talk. Mm -hmm. I haven't been. It's time to step back up to the plate and let it be encouraging instead of that full blame and shame stuff that totally brings us down. Steals are joy. Steals are yeah. thunder. Mm-hmm. We have uh, some control on how we choose to experience that. But I love that you said earlier that you know no amount of self-work or inner work is going to make us immune to being human <laughs> experiencing Clearly. the fear, the doubt, the comparison. It just gives you a, more tools to pull yourself back. And yes. be more aware of when it's happening, right?
1: That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. So, Amy, if you were to share some, some, like, one tip you could give someone who's really struggling with being enough, what do you think you would tell them?
1: Oh, well, I think it, this all kind of comes back full circle to the different paradigms that I was talking about at the beginning. So I would say, just like you were talking about, like, cracking that door – I would say just for the next, let's say week, start asking yourself like, what if, what if I actually am innately worthy? Mm. And just try on that notion. Because what we do know is this constant chase and, you know, this dangling carrot that keeps evading us isn't, working. It's not working. So you really don't have anything to lose by opening up this idea that what if I already am valuable and everything else in my life is just either a circumstance or an emotion that I'm experiencing. It doesn't have to be my value because I think that's That's the piece. Like that is really the, you have to believe that or else you will be doing this chase forever. But I don't think for one second, it's an easy thing to believe. Like I don't expect you listen to this and then you look in the mirror and go, I'm enough. Ah!" (laughs) I really don't think so. But I would also encourage you to use something that I have termed progressive language where instead of looking in the mirror and saying like, I am totally enough, Saying something that is almost like I'm on my way to. So Mm -hmm. language that's like, I'm exploring what enoughness looks like. Or I am recreating my definition of self-worth. Or I'm open to a new definition of worthiness. And, you know, or I, I can't quite, although this is hard for me to believe, I am enough. You know, precursor. Like, it's that baby step. Right.
0: yeah,
1: And it's, it's palatable. It's something that you can, I can digest that. Okay. Let me just,
0: no, I love that. And I think that that's one of the things that keeps people stuck from taking on a new belief is because it's so far from where they are. There's like, there's no way this could be true, but working up to it of saying I'm open to having a new definition of happiness or enoughness or success. That's true, because you are. You're open. You're exploring. (laughs) Or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? Exactly. I'm exploring what it might mean to be enough. So I think that's a fabulous tip. Thank you so much. Of
1: course. Absolutely.
0: So, Amy, we are getting ready to wrap up today. I just want to say thank you for joining me and sharing this space, talk about enoughness, and being a joy junkie It's been an honor to have you, so thank you.
1: Oh, you're most welcome. This is one of my favorite, favorite topics, so Mm -hmm. it's been a joy.
0: And to everyone who has shared this space with us, we will see you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Enoughness Revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women and owning who we are as leaders. If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses all designed to empower you to lead. Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim you're enough, enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.